yes. That was the pause for the uh, for the edit for the edit. Yeah. Wow. This is now the ed- we're in edit section for me here. Let's all go to the tape room. Okay, I'm coming back. <laughs> Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair <laughs> your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. And we have the dancing accountant with us tonight. They can't see that. This isn't on a video podcast. They can hear your uh, <laughs> panting in your breath. Though. It was a lot of work to keep yeah. doing that. I'm the economist. Yeah, and the money mechanic with you. And I was just thinking maybe we should go to, uh, we should do a, a YouTube one day and wear our COVID masks so then we still uh, maintain anonymity. Right. Baseball caps and uh, COVID masks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome, folks, to the FI Garage. We are back here again, and I have a beverage with me this evening, as we always do, and it is from one of our... Oh, the open happened already. Okay, no. (laughs) Mine is from Moon Underwater Brewing in Mm. Victoria, British Columbia, and I'm trying to remember if we had some Moon on the show before. I I thought we did a... Didn't we do a creepy Uncle Dunkle one? I think we did do an Uncle Dunkle. Anyway, this one caught my eye when I was doing my weekly shop today, and it's called Seabury Haze New England IPA. And I'm a sucker right now for these hazy New Englands, so I couldn't resist it. It's in a bottle. has a little bit of a blurb I'll read for you here. It says, since this haze phase still plays... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we doubled down on making the juiciest and brightest New England IPA we could, packed with Canadian sea buckthorn berries for a tart tropical finish. It's the perfect beach brew, whether you're in whether you're in lounging in Tofino or Cape Cod. I think I caught a, a little grammatical error on their blurb here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my ability to read. But uh, it looks beautiful. It's in a nice glass here, and I've got the FI Garage's biggest ball opener, so I'm going to crack into her and try it. Uh, what have you got, accountant? Uh, I got a hazy IPA from Vancouver Island. Nice, supporting the island, as always. And... I just don't have a lot of beer diversity because my fridge is stocked with hazy IPAs and tiger sharks. So that's Vancouver Island brewing. The hazy IPA is Vancouver Island. Yeah. And it's a good one. Yes. There's lots of breweries on Vancouver Island. I'm aware of that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. That was super helpful. (laughs) Cheers. What have you got over there? (laughs) I have, uh, I have a bourbon. I didn't venture out to get a, a beer today. I have Elijah Craig's 1789 small batch. Ooh. Ooh, And while there's nothing on the bottle, the website has a small blurb. Long before the term small batch even existed, our master distillers were hand-selecting just the right number of barrels to make Elijah Craig. The expertise and attention to detail give Elijah Craig's small batch the right balance of rich flavor and full body. Each small batch carries a signature warm spice, and subtle smoke flavor, a combination that belongs in any bourbon fan's regular rotation. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So I have definitely a lot of seaberry nose to this one. Mm. It's definitely now, fruity. Isn't Elijah Craig the guy who played Frodo Baggins? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, I th- it's Elijah something. It's Elijah Woods. Oh, okay. So he didn't start a bourbon brand. <laughs> no, uh, in 1789. <laughs> hey, I don't know. 
All right, let's buckle down here, boys, and uh, make some quality content as we always try. That doesn't sound like us at all. What are we going to talk about? So tonight on the show, we are going to discuss the new normal. How many times have you guys heard this phrase cast around these days? The new if normal. I could hit you through a computer screen, I would. <laughs> yeah, some people hate it, and some people are using it way too often. I've heard it twice, uh, what? about 10 minutes ago, and then... Uh... <laughs> Well, then I really appreciate that you're on the low media diet and you're not paying attention to all that crap out there. No. Nice. Well, I think it has, you know, here we are, we're recording this in mid-May. So by the time this comes out, things will gradually be starting to open up in British Columbia. I talked to my sister in Ontario today and they're still fairly locked down with a number of cases. So we won't go too deep into the whole uh, Rona situation because by the time this gets out there, it'll be different. But I feel like over the last eight weeks, my life has changed and my FI has changed in the sense that obviously our biggest, well, maybe not housing so much, but maybe it did since you've been home all the time. Uh, but your big threes have probably changed. And, you know, we'll just sort of get into a little bit of chit chat about what you've cut, what you might want back, what you can live without. And the big threes again are housing, food, and booze. And food. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the COVID big three. Housing, that food, is and booze. Definitely the COVID big three. <laughs> yeah, transportation has been left by the wayside. Cheapest gas prices in probably my lifetime. Well, I guess not, but relatively. I filled up at 87 cents a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic. It was magical. All right, well, let's. <laughs> Let's kind of have some sort of order to the uh, to our chaos, which is hard to do sometimes, but it's <laughs> it's actually easier when we're online and not in the same room together. <laughs> That's a good point. It's true. <laughs> true. We give you a little more control when we're online. Yeah, exactly. So housing-wise, I haven't made any major changes. I have a variable rate mortgage, so I was pretty happy to see the rates come down on my principal portion that I have to pay and also came down on my HELOC side, should I choose to use more of that. So, but I know for a lot of people out there, maybe refinancing is a consideration. Uh, accountant, you've got some rental properties. Have you made any moves as far as refis, looking at that as attacking things like that? Uh, I had actually started a refi in February. So I pulled a bunch of money out of my rental right before this hit which seems like good timing. And I also refied to variable. So then that really helps. Right. So for listeners out there, you know, that could be a move right now. I have seen some discussion online about because of the new low rates. Have you heard of a, go ahead. Just, I'm going to interrupt you. What about locking in? So you're both variable. Have you considered locking in? I don't foresee a scenario where within the next year, the economy is going to be in a place where they're going to be able to rise interest rates. And this show is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> I can't wait for a year from now when interest rates are at 23% and people start screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been, I committed at the beginning to be variable and I'm going to stick to my guns on it. So, right. Yeah. What, what sort of uh, increase would you see if you locked in for, say, five years? Do you have any idea? I have only a ballpark idea from discussions that I've seen on the Choose FI Canada Facebook group, which I'm fairly active in. And basically, I'm seeing that people are looking at about four basis points above what a variable is. Does that sound about right, accountant? Yeah. 40? 
yeah, like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5? 40 basis points. 40 yeah, basis, sorry, 40, 40 basis I've, points. I've been seeing more like 50, 60. 50, 60, okay. I think that 40 is above what variable rates are now. Right. But like I brought locked into a prime minus. So like my mortgage rate right now on my rental is 2%. There's a pretty interesting article from uh, Freedom35. He wrote about having right now negative mortgage on his rental. Negative rate? Yeah. Really? So how does that work? Well, since I just brought this up off the cuff, I'm going to have to go from memory. <laughs> <Oops>. But the <laughs> article, planning. well, I did read it earlier in the week, so I'll do my best. So yeah, he had a rental property he bought earlier this year, and he took on a mortgage at 2.44% fixed for five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's actually using the same lender I am. He's using uh, MCAP, where I got a really good rate at for my variable. Anyway, he goes on to say that because he's, his marginal tax rate is 30%, that kind of that makes his effective interest rate after tax adjustment 1.71 and that's the nominal rate so he's now created a calculation where you can include inflation into this number and he's got some historic CPI inflation of Canada over several years and he's coming out to a 2.25 inflation rate which minus his 1.71 gives him a negative 0.54%. So effectively he's paying a negative interest rate. So super clickbait cuz it's not actually a negative interest rate <laughs> which is what you had me believing when you first brought this up. Right. True. But it is interesting if you dig into the math on that, and depending how you want to look at that, does make things very affordable when you factor in the inflation number if you're sitting on cash. Yes. Anyway, that was an interesting one. We won't get too wrapped up in housing, but it is interesting because I have seen some discussion. Uh, there was another one where your fixed rate expires in two years, but currently the rate's lower. So you can renegotiate to the lower rate and they'll split the difference between the available rate today and what your negotiated rate was. So you maintain your mortgage, but you renegotiate for the rest of your term. You avoid all the fees, essentially. Exactly. You avoid Which all the fees. fun fact is actually the lucrative part of mortgages? <laughs> I can see right. that. I, I'm, I'm actually not kidding. This is no. where the banks make all of their money is that based on, I won't get into the calculations of how you cal- cancel or calculate your breakage fees, but most people sign a five-year fixed term, but most people only hold the mortgage for three years. Interesting. So the yeah. banks are constantly counting on getting people's breakage fees for breaking their mortgage, and that's where most of the revenue from mortgages is coming from. Not really surprising. No, not surprising at all. Because I mean, rates. I, I mean, at 2.5%, if you actually just hold that mortgage to maturity, the bank's not making very much money. No. Anyway, fun fact. Yeah. So yeah, my housing since I rent uh, hasn't changed. Fair enough. Yeah. My housing has only changed because one of my tenants at my rental house has decided to not pay rent. Oh, brutal. Not because he can't, just because he's decided not to. Well, that's fun. Which is very frustrating because the tenants that I have upstairs at that house actually need help. So I've lowered their rent because they're actually genuinely nice people. Right. And the other person is. Well, you can deal with him later. Yes, that will be coming. Yeah. Here's another one that popped up on me through the week. As one called paycheck parking to do with paying off your mortgage. Have you ever heard of that? 
No. I think it has other names too. And basically it's you take all of your pay and it goes against your mortgage and you borrow back just what you need for your expenses. That's interesting. Isn't that, a, isn't that essentially very similar to the Smith maneuver? Uh, uh, no. I'd say it's closer to having a line of credit. It is. Well, but that's, I mean, I know that it's not the Smith maneuver in terms of it's the tax, tax deductible yeah. and stuff, but if you have a readvanceable mortgage, that's putting everything down on the mortgage and then pulling out a line of credit what you need to live. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Which is interest only. So anyway, it was another one. So are are we making the new normal episode all about mortgages or what? We're not, but we started (laughs) with housing so we can move on now. How about that? (laughs) How how about this for something coming out of all of this in terms of expenses? The most frustrating expense are your fixed expenses. Are they not? For sure. Like you really realize that like that is your biggest handicap is the thing that you cannot change. Right. Whether it be, I mean, I'm lucky I don't have a car payment, but automatic payments that you have to come up with mean that they are still there in bad times. Whereas I've watched, I mean, I can't leave my house. So it's, it's groceries and a huge uptick in booze. <laughs> and those are my expenses right now. All right. Well, let's, let's change uh, directions here and talk about food because none of us have been able to eat out. So no. that... I, I don't know. It definitely changed our spending because generally, you know, eating out for us was, you know, meeting up for wings once in a while, maybe a dinner out here and there, but we were not huge uh, people that ate out a whole bunch anyway. And we're actually doing ordering pizza tonight. So takeout for us, I think is probably about the same. We're only really maybe once, maybe twice a month for takeout. What about you guys as far as takeout goes? I would say, well, as far as eating out goes, probably once every couple of weeks, so a couple times a month, and takeout maybe once a month. And I've we've got that down to since uh, isolation began, we've ordered pizza one time. So even though we don't eat out a lot, that's still a savings of a couple hundred bucks a month. Oh, for sure. I would say we were about the same and we've gone to, we actually, at first we weren't doing any takeout and then we've started to try to do takeout once a week just for the purposes of trying to support local business. Right. Like I have, we have some family friends who have a restaurant. We have other friends who have some food ventures that we're, we're trying to support just to support, you know, local community places that we know that are hurting. So I'd almost say that actually we might be spending more now. <laughs> That's if you don't count curling nights. Oh, yeah. No. The booze, right? The minute the curling nights are out, I've saved a fortune. Yeah. I mean, if if you talk about booze as far as what you buy and to bring home and what you pay for at the bar, I think we're all pretty heavy onto the saving side. That's Big huge. Time. That's huge. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you make there, economist, because even though we may still be doing takeout once a week, you're purchasing straight from the store, you know, your booze. And I, I also find is like we kind of we just do one shop for groceries and beer a week and that's it. When it's gone, it's gone. There's no like, oh, let's yeah. run to the store type yeah. thing, which we were you know, which you it was easy to do before, right? It was all like, ah, I feel like that. Let's go get that. So do you think you're using up your pantry 
a little bit during this time or your freezer? Yeah, it's funny. Our freezer is more stocked than it's ever been. <laughs> I agree. So, so have you, are we just eating less? Well, I'm definitely eating less, but have you built, have you built a meal plan by now that you've been here for eight weeks? That's yeah. what, see, that's what we're doing every week is we just on Sunday night, we plan every meal for the week and then go to the grocery store Monday morning, buy all your groceries till next Sunday. And that's what you have. See, for us, it's been, okay, what do we want over the next three days? We'll buy that. And then pantry and leftover the rest of the week. Okay. Interesting. Now, because you've been eating the same thing for (laughs) eight to 10 weeks, are you going to go vastly different as soon as you're allowed to? Good question. We've been trying to, you know, make some different food. Yeah. Get the, I got the pad thai going. Oh, nice. The other week. Yeah. It was terrible because of the noodles I bought, but uh, that happens. Yeah. Honestly, I think we're going to need a break from our, our good routine meal plans that we really enjoy the meals, but we have literally had them like clockwork. (laughs) So you're the the same every week. No, I wouldn't say the same. I mean, we have enough variety that it's not the same. And we definitely have enough that when you're just like a, uh, let's not cook tonight night. You can throw something together. I mean, like I'm a big fan of breakfast for dinner. I'll always make breakfast for dinner if that's an option. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, cause I don't eat breakfast anymore. So it's like, unless I'm making brunch on the weekend. <laughs> Do you mean breakfast for dinner? Is that just when you have a Bailey's and coffee for dinner? Or? <laughs> well, that's with your breakfast for dinner. No, I've oh, been making these killer. Uh, they're, they're, they're like a, um, almost like quesadilla breakfast quesadillas with, uh, you know, I do the scrambled egg first and then folded, fried with some cheese in it, served with avocado. Um, we use plain yogurt and some salsa, and that's kind of a, I guess that's a little bit huevos rancheros. Yeah. Yeah, it's delicious. Not bad. Nice. So, yeah, I think coming back to normal life, though. Well, just that. Okay. That, no. Okay, go ahead. I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put your hand up. <laughs> To go for us going back to normal life though is I think I really want to try and adopt the once a week shop because I find we have way less food wastage when we do that because we kind of go all right we're down to the last two days let's design the meal to use up everything we have or make sure I eat the veggies for lunch or things like that so I've been very much more conscientious of not wasting the food that I buy that's interesting I would say I would want to go to maybe a once every five days so my veggies are still fresh at the end of the week. But incorporating what you're saying of making sure that everything gets eaten in that five days. I've also found that because we never used to do that because I work right by a grocery store and I would go on a daily basis. But now that we're going once a week, the temptation to eat out is a lot lower as well because you're like, well, I have all this stuff. Like I've already planned the whole week. There's no room to say it. Like if I say screw it to what we bought for tonight's meal, it's just going to go bad. Yeah. So I'm literally just throwing that out. If That's a great point. That's a really good point. Yeah. I like that one too. And then if you got stuff left, you know, you've, you've always got a meal in your freezer. It also gives you that pause as well. Like we wanted to do our pizza night tonight and I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's good, good food in the freezer, but anyway, that's right. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, as they say. <laughs> They do say that. So have you guys uh, increased your garden output since you're at home all the time? 
Uh, you mean in a f- fruit and veggie type sense, like a vegetable? I do. Productive? Yeah. Um, we kind of fell off the gardening wagon a few years ago and I am not, I will admit I am not a gardener per se. I'm a landscaper because I have a lot of landscaping <laughs> to do and that's enough for me. That's fair. <laughs> the gardening is not my department, but we do have some tomato plants that went in and, uh, probably some leaf vegetables, but we don't make a huge effort for gardening. Yeah. We got an allotment like a uh, four by four oh, nice. and planted some greens and basically we've eliminated the green budget from our food budget, which is, you know, 30 bucks a week, probably. Yeah. They're not cheap. Well, I've been meaning yeah. to, I've been meaning to build and I have no excuse except that I don't want to go to a hardware store right now, but <laughs> the, uh, the indoor PVC pipe, uh, indoor hydroponic garden to grow right. some leaf vegetable into because I mean we go through cilantro and it, it just pay, it pains me when I have to throw out rotten cilantro but yes. uh, having you know that sort of growth I mean we've been replanting the uh, green onions in a little glass right and they kind of regenerate and things like that but yeah the PVC tower we'll put it in the show notes they basically you can get them as simple as they stand on a five gallon bucket and it's just a vertical tube with slots that stick out. You can have green leafy growing and you can just have it in a sunny spot in your home. Now, isn't PVC really bad for you? <laughs> you want to get BPA free, I believe. <laughs> 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 Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, you're right. The herbs, if you're buying herbs, herbs, however you want to say it. Herbs. <laughs> what a ripoff. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 And pressure. you can never use them. It's so frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Pivoting from food to booze, have you been drinking more? Aggressively more. Really? <laughs> really? You oh, might yeah. be an alcoholic if. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've said this before and I will say it again. What happens in COVID stays in COVID. <laughs> Whatever you got to do to get through, you do it. All right. Well, we don't need to go into the the greasy details of the accountants. No, wallow into uh, <laughs> self pity. But listen, no, I'm getting through this. Okay. I've like I said before, I've liked the once a week buy, and when it's it's out, it's out. But I feel like because the socializing has been mostly online, and we've had some different Zoom meetups and stuff like that, I kind of feel like we're we're kind of on par as before. But I think like the economist mentioned earlier, way cheaper because everything comes from the store, not a single $9 pint in sight. Right. Which I think oh, I want to try and keep up afterwards. I didn't say I wasn't saving money. I said just <laughs> volume wise. I meant to bring this up earlier when you mentioned all your booze was coming from your fridge. What I don't understand is the people who are ordering food and booze. Well, have you heard this? Can't be too safe. No, no. From the restaurant. So oh, they're right. Still, they're still paying $13 for the Moxie's cocktail, but they're doing all the work. Yes, I have heard of this. Yeah. <sighs> uh, I yeah. can't get behind that. I guess, yeah, from a FI perspective, you can't get behind that. You're already, no. you're already supporting business by ordering your food there. Yeah. Don't, don't order your booze from them. Do you know so, what the problem with the once a week booze shop is? Is now when I run out, I tuck into the scotch collection. <laughs> so that's been getting hammered way faster than it normally otherwise would have. So that's, that's where I'm at. I'm drinking less, I would say overall, but it's been all from the 
the liquor cabinet. Right. So I'm I'm dragging the stock down, but I'm drinking the stuff that you know I consider more swill. So <laughs> Elijah Craig seventeen swill exactly. <laughs> no, this is pre- this is very delicious, but I wouldn't buy it again for for the price. So I'm creating space. Fair, that's reasonable. <laughs> so okay, maybe maybe our diets have changed. Maybe booze and things changed. What about fitness? I mean, we've been allowed to go outside to a certain extent. Uh, we've got dogs, so we've only been walking around our neighborhood. Um, what have do you feel like your fitness has severely <laughs> plummeted, or have you? We miss bond spiel season, so that's a lot of sweeping, but it's also a lot of booze. Yeah. So I don't know, but seriously, yeah, I am not in as good shape as I was two months ago. Now, is it because you haven't come up with creative ways at home or is it lack of motivation or combination of factors altogether? (laughs) Uh, That is D, all of the above. (laughs) All of the above. See, I will, I will go the opposite way and say, despite the fact that I am drinking way more, I'm actually in way better shape because my home office also doubles as my home gym. Nice. So I have been on the exercise bike on conference calls right? or working out while also doing other things. So I would say that I'm getting a lot more physical activity time than I normally would in a day in the office. See, my problem is I'm a block from the rec center. So I just bought a rec center pass. Mm, yeah, that doesn't help you right now. Right. And... Maybe I should have rented a, an exercise bike or something. I've been trying to get exercise, but it it's cheaper. I mean, it's not cheaper because I already paid for my pass, but uh, doing my best, but it's not good enough, I guess. No, and I think that's, I mean, the accountant brought up a good point there. He's got, you know, space and already have the equipment and I've got a little bit of space as well. And I have a TRX. I don't know if you guys have ever used a TRX before, the the strap ones that the U.S. Navy SEALs used to use for exercise. Only in the garage. Just had, yeah, he just had yeah. to drop that in there, didn't he? U.S. Navy SEALs. Yeah, because <laughs> he's so Navy SEAL. <laughs> I am so a Navy SEAL on that thing. It's pretty hilarious. My push-ups are at a 45-degree angle. <laughs> no, but it's been good because I've been home and I've been able to develop a routine. Because I will be the first to admit that I am terrible at working out. I am not a fitness person at all. And it's like anything, though. You've got, you need the three weeks to develop a routine. So I finally hung it up outside because the weather's been a little better. That it's yeah. there. I have no excuse. I let the dogs out in the morning. I've got two minutes. I can just do a few sets of stuff. And because I'm not good at exercising, if I just make myself do that once or twice a day, I feel like I've done a little bit. Right. So I guess my question would be, okay, you're exercising more. Are you saving money somewhere else because you're devoting more time to exercise? No, not saving any money on that at all. Maybe the question is, is you've got a pass to a local facility Mm -hmm. for the people out there that have those passes to gyms. Is that something, I mean, how comfortable are we going to be back in those facilities is one question, but absolutely. Are you going to be like, okay, that was worth its money for some people like yourself that haven't been able to go and exercise and it's totally worth it. it yeah. But, other but people you, are going to be the other way, right? Ex- yeah. It's interesting, they, right? They yeah. found cheaper ways to get your exercise done. That's right. And now you've been able to develop a habit or routine, which is really the critical thing to saving money or exercise. Yeah. 
um, and eating. I think eating too is, is, is a habit thing too, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had a chance to develop either good habits or bad habits, right? <laughs> and, I'm yeah. about 50-50. Half are really bad, <laughs> half are good. Uh, but at one. least you can identify them so you know to change the bad ones, right? When, when we get back to the old normal. Yeah, until the home <laughs> the brewing equipment normal. shows up and then that's <laughs> going to really take things downhill. Yeah, we should probably throw into this discussion that we're not going to get deep into the psychological side of things here because I'm sure it, I mean, I know it's been hard for, for everybody if you're not able to do the things you used to do. And that's a whole nother subject. We won't, we don't even get into getting back to spending a little bit. We've talked about some of the big ones. We haven't talked about our transportation, which is kind of a, a null subject because basically if you had a commute, you probably don't have one anymore. And if you have a car payment, you're probably questioning if you need that car payment, if you don't have a commute. Isn't this the, like, I mean, a car payment's always a kick in the pants, but isn't <laughs> right now the most kick in the pants you can get for a car payment? I do it's so. in your driveway. Yeah. Well, even more than that, though, bugs me is the insurance. Like, we had two vehicles insured. We have zero car payments. They're paid for. They're old beaters. But having to pay insurance for both vehicles was luckily one came up for yeah there was a, a, a was attempt made to break in definitely large tried attempt to get, to get in, in. Yeah. yeah okay come on in i i'm actually driving more well you did get a tesla i did have we not disclosed that like we haven't we I had the episode about whether he was going to get one but i don't know if we've ever actually released. talked about the we fact never that released that episode one. never released it happened yeah. right when the vid went down yeah oh so uh that is definitely one reason, but the other reason is I work from home all the time, but now there are less people on the road. Good time to drive the new Tesla. Right? Fair enough. I did take the one vehicle off the road, and I'm committed to seeing how long we can go without reinsuring it. And I think one thing that's going to come out from this is that if my wife is able to work one day a week from home, that changes my car needs when I'm at home. Right. Because I can plan that day as the one where I go to the hardware store, go, go to the yard. Get waste. stuff done. Yeah. Right. So I think we can make it work at least for the summer months. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of see how it goes. And I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat where they're not driving, maybe questioning why they need two or three cars in a family. My big frustration right now is because I've got the garden suite being built in the backyard. So every once in a while I need the driveway clear so an excavator can come down or a dump truck or whatever. And I, nobody's driving the truck. Cause why would I drive the truck? Right. No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I don't have the camper loaded up anything. So it's dead every time. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I've yeah. jump started the truck like seven times in the last eight weeks, just being like once a week, I got to pull it out of the driveway to make room for an excavator. It, it's probably a good thing that you have to do this. Rather than probably. let it sit there for two months without jump starting it. You're probably right, but and you've either got a slow draw or you need a new battery because it shouldn't die that <laughs> fast. Oh, I'm aware that I need a new battery, okay. but again, why right now? <laughs> Have I got a deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, transportation is one where I mean we're not spending it on gas and all the rest of it, but 
I think that kind of goes back, like the new normal when this is all sort of said and done is I think transportation is kind of going to be back where it was unless people now have the opportunity to work from home a couple of days a week, which I think for some people is great. And for other people, they're going to be <laughs> wanting to get back from to the office and into some social gathering and some quiet time away from family and kids. But doesn't that go back to your fixed costs? Like if you treat your personal finances like a business, any business with a lot of overhead and fixed costs always struggles, right? So the lower you can get your fixed costs, the better off you're going to be. Because when things go bad, your variable costs can get dropped, but your fixed costs, as the name states, are fixed. Well, that's what I was about to jump into. So overall, the big four, let's call them, have, for, for us anyhow, have gone down slightly. A little less on housing for you guys, a little less on transportation, for all of us, well, except my car payment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything else, can you spend any more money? I can't spend any money. Don't know what I would do with it. Yeah, the only one I was going to bring up was uh, was either subscriptions or online spending. That's where everything else is going, right? Yeah, but I don't have any of that. Okay, good for you. Here's here's your golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I got my my uh, public mobile cell phone bill of thirty bucks a month. Well, that's fair. Right. I mean, no. I'm down to twenty eight, so I'm winning. By the way, damn it! <sighs> Somebody, please use my code after the show <laughs> so I can get into the competition here. <laughs> well, and that's you know, talk about defensive stocks, utilities, and cell phones. They've been the best performers in the in the recent downturn, or the downturn and recovery. Let's put it that way. Right. But yeah, so maybe that is all of this really left to talk about is where have people been spending their money if those the top three things are, are similar or have declined, maybe people have seen a huge increase in their online spending. I have noticed some people in the social media machine saying, you know what, I just had to buy that thing, that widget. Right. You know, we've put our fair share of Amazon orders in as well. But I don't think any of them were stuff we wouldn't have bought outside of this situation. Yeah, I agree with that. We've been spending online, no question about it, because you can't go to the store. I mean, I'd usually go down to Canadian Tire and buy a mesh screen for our outside door in the spring so the dogs can run in and out, but the mosquitoes can't. But it's just more convenient to parse it together with an order online. Right. What's your spending been online, Economist? It's not zero, but it's not high. I'm, I'd say I'm down in my discretionary spending by 50%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is that after you are able to go to shops as regular, will it revert? Will you be spending? And I don't want to make this a shop local discussion at all. Just mm -hmm. in the matter of that spending, will you be spending it online or are you spending it outside the house? Probably outside the house. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. How about you, accountant? Yeah. I mean, mine's almost non-existent. I did emailed one of the owners of a local outdoor store mm -hmm. and met them at the doorway and picked up a new pair of waders and wading boots for fly fishing. I had planned those as a purchase in the future and I decided to pull the trigger because I know local businesses are hurting. That's really the only I, you can't even really call it online because I showed up at the store, but it was closed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's really the only, only other online purchase that I've made. So what are you doing with all your extra money? Stock market. 
Just shoveling it in, eh? Just as much as I can, just (laughs) shoveling. I wish that I had enough that I was shoveling, but it's more like (laughs) teaspoon, you know? Yeah. It's a garden trowel. (laughs) Yeah, small garden trowel, but still getting the job done. Yeah. Well, I I got caught guilty as charged of trying to time the market. Oh, yeah. How did it work out poorly for you? Well, in what way did it work out poorly for you? We know it worked out poorly, just in what way? No, the, I think the worst way it worked out poorly is me having to admit it on the show. <laughs> no, I I knew I wanted to move out of VEQT. And this is the worst part because you're not supposed to make portfolio moves when the market's volatile because you're right. basically screwing yourself. So yeah. that, Well, you're hard. taking on risk. You're not screwing yourself. You're taking on the market risk, the volatility risk for right. sure. But right. anyway, I decided that I I wanted out of that because I needed more XAW. And let's be fair if if you're moving between assets that are of the same class and one they're down, they're both down. It couldn't be looked at as a lateral move. Yes, right. If you if you sell Until and buy back time in, trying the market. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is the problem. Is like I got the cash from VQT, and I'm like, well, I won't put it all back in today, will I? Because <laughs> I sold on a green day, so I want to buy on a red day. But Oops. it was like five days till the next red day, and I'm like, oh, that's not much of a red day. But okay, <laughs> but I, I don't want to commit at all. So here here I am. Being the, uh, I'll be the first to admit that I am a victim. I'm a victim of myself, which I don't want to be a hypocrite in saying that don't try and time the market because it's hard, really hard not to. It is really hard not to. When you know it's volatile. What you want to say is don't be like me. Don't try and time the market. <laughs> we can tell you it doesn't work from experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, the worst part is I bought XAW. And for the listeners that aren't sure, that's the uh, iShares all cap X Canada X Canada. And the whole point of this move was to remove some of my Canadian position. And right. I know we'll have comments about that, how I shouldn't have done at that point. Cause the Canadian position was lower than anyway, never <laughs> mind. But the point is, is that the funny, when I bought that first day, the, the dollar cost of what I bought at, I've been trying to get back down to that over the last three weeks. <laughs> Cause that day was the best day. <laughs> Oh, the irony. Yeah, well, it's a good lesson. So there you go. That's the FI Garage lesson of the day. New segment. <laughs> New se- lesson. Oh, lesson of the day. Yeah. Lesson of the day. How we've screwed up. <laughs> Here's our stupid money move. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been an interesting time for all of us. And uh, I actually pulled out the old microphone today to... Uh, smell the cover and the uh the, the beer stain oh on yeah it. you're not wearing a headset yeah. yeah you got the actual you're the only one actually in the garage considering that you own the garage <laughs> this is true this is true i have yet to uh fill hey, the purchase offers from what the rest uh of what was the uh percentage write-off business use of home for owning the garage uh, I declined to comment uh, because my accountant's not present. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm right here. <laughs> you have never done accounting for me other than a beer favor. <laughs> that counts, doesn't it? Moving on. Yeah. Speak, speaking of new segments, oh, didn't you want to go back to in the news? 
uh, well, podcasts I've listened to recently. Yeah, I mean, we kind of, yeah, exactly. Thanks for leading me into that because that was going to be my closing for the show. <laughs> uh, we chatted about a few things that I've read recently. And oh, going back to the fitness, I had an idea for you, Economist, while we were been chatting. Did you not hear about the guy in France that ran a marathon on his patio, his apartment patio? He ran 42 kilometers, never leaving his seven meter long balcony. That's pretty good. I've heard, yeah. I hadn't heard of that one, but I heard of the guy who went 42 kilometers on the perimeter of his yard. Oh, good one. And I also heard about, I think the lady who had registered for the Boston Marathon. Oh, I heard about this one too. And mapped her route to spell out Boston Strong, but ended up with Boston Strog. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> But I love that she just embraced that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And just yes. to be clear, she didn't, you know, it wouldn't have made her route longer because she, she repeated the route a few times. It, it was just an error in spelling. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out. That is, that is awesome and well done embracing that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And of course, that the message was to all the frontline workers and the support. Yeah, oh, which it, yeah. That's obviously. The it was well-intentioned. I'm, I will buy a Boston Strog t-shirt if it's online for sale. It should be. Strog? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we just came up with a business idea. Bam. Um, all right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. The, the last topic, we all listened to a podcast this week that The Economist suggested, and it is the Tim Ferriss Show, which if you listeners haven't listened to Tim Ferriss before, he does always have some interesting shows, and he's got a ton of shows to go through and find out. But he interviewed on episode 431, Howard Marks, who is a... Is he the owner or CEO of Oak Tree Capital? I missed that part of it. But founder. anyway, founder, founder yeah. yeah. So he's, he's a muckety muck in the economy and investment side in the US. And he has a pretty interesting discussion on the US, the US dollar, and some hypotheticals. So it'd be pretty interesting, I think, for people in the FI movement to listen to that because we're always kind of wondering what the heck? What should we keep doing? Yeah. It w- Index funds forever? Yes. He had some interesting hypotheticals. He did. And I'm gonna go ahead. I want to throw out a caveat on this though, that because I've listened to a lot of different interesting hypotheticals. And if you are somebody that this is something that breeds stress into your life, don't listen. That's fair. Right? Like if like I find it interesting to listen to all these other people's views and I can take it with a grain of salt, but if you're a person who this causes you stress or anxiety. If you're in a set it and forget it portfolio, set it and forget it. Don't listen to any of this crap. Yeah, that's a great point. Right? It, like, I just want to point that out because I know that there are those people out there that this kind of thing will stress them out. It's not worth it. Don't listen to all of the noise of hedge fund managers and who says what's going to happen. Or don't e- do it. Even if it, you don't think it'll stress you out, but you think it might change your investment strategy, probably not worth listening to. Completely agreed, and I just wanted to have that disclaimer before we actually talk about this. Right. Yeah, that's very good points. Yeah, no, it's great that you brought that up because, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we're information junkies. We always kind of, between the three of us, share articles and podcasts, and and we're interested in hearing about this. And like I said, I mean, I'm guilty of changing a little bit of my strategy recently. So good point, accountant. I think I might have mentioned this on the show before or just in conversation with you guys, but I read Howard Marks's book 
And the thing it taught me was that I shouldn't be picking stocks. Right. Because I'm not that in depth. So, but I still wanted to hear what he had to say. He had some interesting hypotheticals. Yes. I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. Nothing earth shattering really, but uh, it was an interesting listen. Well, I think one of the things that's interesting by listening to some of these is you can get the understanding of what the difference between the market and the economy is. Yes. And I think a lot of people are going, what's going on with the stock market? It doesn't sound right that it's back up to its close to its highs. And yet we've had, well, we can't say we've had a recession technically, but you know, we've got <laughs> we're in layoffs. We've, yeah, we've got high. Yeah, we're in the middle of one. We're not allowed to say we're in one until we're out of one. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've got high unemployment, job loss, blood, you know, stimulus and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's important that people understand that there is a difference and there's some good content out there to figure that out. I know we'll throw another drop one into there. And Ben Felix of the rational reminder, his YouTube videos are really good and he's got a good one. The kind of 10 minute video explains the difference between the market and the economy. And uh, yeah, I mean, but good point account. If you're stressed out about all this stuff, just listen to our show and we'll tell you about beer and bumble our way through another episode. Exactly. That's really where, where it's at. And bourbon. And every, everything will be fine. Just have a beer or a bourbon and wait this thing out. That's right. So my beer, speaking of, mm-hmm. is, is quite delicious, but... Uh-oh, but's never good. <laughs> it's not it's a hot little, enough? It's a little heavy on the berry. So it's not hot enough out for you to drink that beer. Yeah, you're probably right. If it was like mm-hmm. 30 on a patio, yeah, you might be right. Different story. Yeah. Okay. Fair. They did. They did say that it needs to be drank while lounging on a beach in Tofino or Cape Cod. So. Drunk, lounging, drank or drunk. <laughs> that depends. Is it my yeah. first or is it my last? <laughs> right. it's we, we can be alcohol. certain what it is if it's your last. <laughs> exactly. That's what it, I'm saying. It's seven percent and it's a big bottle, and I'm out of here. <laughs> Cheers, guys. All right. Good show. Uh, thanks again for listening. Please comment on the show, and we always forget to tell you to uh, hit the old iTunes uh, rate us button or leave a message on there because that's how we grow our show, grow our listeners, and share our unique message to Canada. You you guys want to do comments from the iTunes app next time? Yeah, well, yeah, you're the... uh, you're the man on board for that. So. Well, I, I haven't looked either, but we just mentioned we gave our <laughs> listeners the opportunity to... We should wait a, f- a couple episodes so that they hear this one. And then in a few episodes, we'll give them a chance to write a comment and then we'll visit the comments. I like that. That's a good plan. Well, nothing like making things more complicated than they need to be, but that's what's working with Economist. That's well, how that's kind of how, how we do it. things. It's <laughs> the guy with 87,000 different investments. I got a nasty gram from World Tree saying that I hadn't filled out my W8 Ben form correctly and that every other shareholder was waiting for my form. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> which which I had proof I had sent in over two months ago. So I'm, I'm okay. That's funny. Right on. Good episode, boys. Good seeing you again on the old Zoomy Zoom. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Godspeed. Peace. Thanks for listening. Farewell. <laughs> Ciao.